The 2022 race for Illinois governor got a bit more crowded this week with a third Republican contender now in the race. You've already heard from former state senator Paul Schimpf and from current state senator Darren Bailey, but the next entrant into the race doesn't have prior governmental experience. He is a successful businessman who would like to be the next governor of Illinois. His name is Gary Rabine, and he joins us live this afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Welcome to the program. Jim, thank you for having me on. I appreciate being here. You know, I've been covering Illinois government and politics for about 35 years now, and I'll be honest, I never heard your name until a little more than a month ago. So tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and why you want to be the next governor of Illinois. Jim, that might be a good thing. I've been building businesses and jobs for 40 years, and I'm a I'm a paving guy that uh, has been blessed to be able to build business out of Illinois and, you know, many companies here in Illinois that serve our customers here and all over the country. And, I, and I'm, uh, I, I've been an entrepreneur for the last, a very strong, aggressive entrepreneur for the last 20 years and a labor operator of equipment and a truck driver for the first 20 years. Let me lay this on the line. We've had a a lot of experience here in Illinois with uh, rich businessmen deciding they want to be governor with no prior government experience. The voters already decided that Bruce Rauner didn't do a good job, and you're telling us that J.B. Pritzker is doing a horrible job in it. So why should we give you the chance to come in with no prior experience to be governor of Illinois? Yeah, you know what? I think, Jim, uh, number one, I'm I'm a different kind of business person and uh, I'm not a billionaire number one I'm a very very blessed uh, business builder but I built I built business from the ground up from from shoveling asphalt and concrete to operating equipment to then you know turning into our business into an entrepreneurial engine that that spins off businesses in the facilities world that we're in I mean I, I think that's a big difference from the, you know other other people like our current governor who has never really done any of that but has you know been blessed with a bunch of money and and buys and sells businesses. Big difference. Business, though, isn't really the same as government. Uh, you know, I think I think Bruce Rauner showed us that for four years. Uh, do you have the skill set needed to navigate working with the General Assembly, building coalitions, doing the things that governors have to do to get things done? So at, at, over the last 15 years, Jim, I've been uh, – Growing our businesses across the country, I've I've been in organizations that are national organizations for free enterprise, national organizations for good governance. Because I've wanted to find out what states I can grow our businesses in that have the most you know job creation friendly environments. So in doing that, I've I've been blessed to really understand that more than I ever imagined. So with that, I've seen great great states and great cities do things to attract businesses and jobs, and I've seen the, 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 the dumb ones that chase them away. Unfortunately, in the last 15 years, we went from being one of the best in the country to, to the worst, and I'm, and I'm bothered by that. And so yeah, in my experience, I, I'm confident that, you know, I've been in the Republican Government Association for some time now uh, for that exact reason, to find out what, what states are doing it, doing it best, and, and, and with that, my experience is vast. I want to come back to that about how we start to rebuild the state's economy, but I want to start with an issue you talked about a lot in your announcement video yesterday. We're talking with Gary Rabine. He's a businessman running for governor of Illinois as a Republican. You say the governor, J.B. Pritzker, in your words, destroyed Illinois uh, through his uh, severe shutdown measures because of the pandemic. Uh, Had you been governor last year, what would you have done differently? How would you have handled that emerging public health crisis? 
So I, I would have uh, I would have been in touch with every governor in the country, not just the the Democrats, but the Republicans as well. If, if, if I'm a Democratic governor or a Republican governor, I want to know what everybody's doing, and I, and I want to I want to understand the science, not just on the side of COVID, but the science of mental health and the, and the, and the challenges that come of shutting down businesses across our state and shutting down our schools and our, and our education systems. But even with those measures, we had 1.2 million cases to date. We've had more than 21,000 deaths. Uh, had we been more widely open, would those numbers be even higher? If we compare it to states that were open, if we compare, if we compare it to states that didn't shut down their businesses, didn't shut down their schools, the, the results look to be probably better, actually. Now, we, didn't, we wouldn't have known that back then, but if we, if, at least if we communicated to, to, in a bipartisan way, I'm confident we would have had a way better answer than the damage we've done to our economy and our, and our education systems today in Illinois. You pledged in your video to bring back lost jobs. How do you intend to do that? So, Jim, it, 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 I, we've got 11 companies in Illinois, about six, six to eight of them, depending on what, what account looks at it, says get them the heck out of Illinois because it, we're, we're at we have much more liability, much much less opportunity in Illinois than we'd have. We just jumped across the board in Indiana or, or Iowa or Wisconsin, or in way better in Texas or somewhere else. So, knowing this, uh, there's there's many things that inhibit business to, from starting here and business from growing here, and 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 and, and you know. So we see that every day in our businesses, and our and accountants will tell us this, and our, our insurance companies will tell us we're in the highest cost state in the country when it comes to jobs. And, and it didn't used to be like that 15 years ago. There's many changes regulation-wise that, that have to be looked at. There's many changes in, in, in litigation, and there's many many changes also in workers' compensation that if they don't get changed, if we keep going the wrong direction, we're going we're gonna to have a black hole in the middle of the country with, with the least amount of jobs per capita. Uh, one of the costs of doing business, obviously, is in wages. Illinois on track for a $15 minimum wage. Do you want to stop those increases or try to roll them back? So when, I, when it comes to minimum wage, you know, my opinion, there should be some type of stepped minimum wage. A kid, for me, I, I started working at a very young age, and, and I was blessed to understand work. Uh, I, you know, kids should be able to work at, at you know, and, and get a job. My worry is that a kid will not be hired, you know, three, four, five years from now with no experience as they they are today when you, when, the minimum, when minimum wage is $15 an hour for a 15-year-old kid. Um, so I believe there's a better there's better plans out there for sure. I'm, I'm not I, I don't have a plan on that at this point, but I, I'm a fan of, of fair wages for sure. And in Illinois, we've got the best wages in the country. If you want to look at labor and most of our jobs, we, we don't have a we don't have a, a wage problem in Illinois. We're one of the highest highest labor labor states in the country, and that's awesome because I'm part of that. I'm part of that. My my teammates in my in my companies do really well in Illinois. You also mentioned liability reform, workers' comp reform. Uh, opponents of those ideas say the changes like that would benefit well-to-do business owners like you, but would be bad for the, the workers that help to make your products and, and help you generate that revenue. How do you respond? I respect that in, in many ways that, that that's said, but I disagree with it because well-to-do, especially business leaders, can leave anytime they want to. I, I feel sorry for the small business person that's that's struggling to make make a living that's out of business and can't afford to leave that that is run out of business and 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 they're 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 really a small business just trying to make a living for themselves. That's why I feel sorry with, sorry for.
So, so how would those changes play out, especially in, in workers' comp? Uh, can, can you talk about what you would change uh, and how that would improve the business climate? It's a long conversation, but there's many, many things that have been changed in Illinois in the last 10 years that have, that have t- taken our workers' compensation to be somewhere a little on the high side to the very highest in the country. So if we just go back over the last 10 years, even 15 years, there's been, there's been stuff that, that's added to our, our our regulations and our, and our workers' compensation law that have cost more, more has brought more cost to business. Today, a business in Illinois could be it, it could be twice to three times the cost in workers' compensation to Indiana, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And I guarantee you, those those states are doing pretty well, and those employees are doing pretty well. There's, again, if we just go back 15 years, we can we can track we can track all the additions of cost to workers' compensation, and we can talk we can point out the ones that other states don't have. That are that are that are hurting our 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 jobs here, our job creation here. Gary Raybond, Republican candidate for governor, is here with us. In your announcement video, you referenced a couple of times uh, the high cost of property taxes here in Illinois. Uh, that's a, a function of local government entities uh, such as school districts. How would you bring down property taxes? What steps would you take as governor to reduce that property tax burden? So, Jim, our, our property taxes, as you might know, are the highest in the country now. If to go back 15 years, when I started traveling the country to understand where I was going to do business, we were competitive 15 years ago. How did we climb from being like average in the country to the very highest? How did we climb from being the average to 180% higher than the average in the country? Okay, so we, we can talk about where it's, where it's derived from, local, state, but it's messed up and it has to be restructured for, for, our, for our homeowners in Illinois to get back their nest eggs and have those nest eggs actually grow We've got to change it. We can't be 180% higher than the average of the country. But what local governments will say is they've had to raise property taxes to make up for shortfalls from the state. The state hasn't kept up its end of uh, education funding, for example. Would you put more state revenues and resources into education, into other local government responsibilities to lower that local property tax burden? Jim, that's, that, that might be the answer. It might be part of the answer, right? We would look at all the state, you know, the states across the country that have done a, a good job with us. And we've got Indiana right next door to us, 1% property tax cap. We've got California, a state that's crazy high in taxes. Uh, they're at 1% cap, okay? Those states are surviving somehow, right? And, and, they're, and they're, not the, they're not the lowest tax states in the country, by the way. California's right behind us. But their property taxes are all, at all-time highs. Our property taxes are 30 40% less than they were 2007. Uh, one of the things that's driving the uh, failure of the state to live up to some of its obligations for those local services is the fact that so much of our resources now are going towards the state's unfunded pension liability. What's your plan to deal with that? Pension liability, we've got an, uh, an awesome team, an awesome economic team. Uh, my Again, my my opportunity is and my blessings are from you know getting great people across the country to understand how how good states do you know bring jobs to their states. So I've got to know some of the best economic minds in the country. Some of those minds, and I'm telling you, are the best in the country. Are, want to work in work for me in Illinois, and and we're we're lucky that they're from Illinois originally. They're not here anymore, and they want to come and help me here. So um, there there's uh, again, again there, there's multiple ways to, to look at this, but. We're, we're going to figure it out. There's other states who are doing it better. We're going to model other states. But you're right. When you look at our pension debt, it's astronomical. It's the, it's the most in the country per capita. That, that has to be looked at for sure. If we don't look at that, we're kidding ourselves.
In your announcement this week, you uh, appointed to your uh, uh, credentials as a social conservative, your pro-life credentials. Uh, that's not something that has uh, always played well politically statewide in Illinois. We have not tended to elect uh, Republican governors who were staunch social uh, conservatives. Uh, even Bruce Rauner, he didn't talk a lot about social issues and ultimately, uh, in fact, uh, uh, vetoed uh, legislation uh, as it pertained to uh, the right to an abortion. And I know that made a lot of conservative is really angry at him. Uh, how do you think you'll fare running as a social conservative uh, if you get through the GOP primary to be a statewide candidate in what has been a blue state? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm confident I'm going to be who I am. I'm not going to change who I am. And I, and I, and I'm, and I, and I love life, but, I, but I'm a huge fan of, of adoption. And I, and I believe adoption should be more accessible in our state and our country. I, 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 we have, we're an adoptive family. And, and we believe in adoption, so I, I want to shine a light on that any way I can in this in this uh, in this election and, and as governor. Will you try to push for restrictions, further restrictions on abortion? I'm I'm a, I'm a man that, that loves the law of the land, and, I, and I'm not, there's nothing I'm going to change when it comes to you know what we have in place today. In my opinion, I mean, there's there's I'm not going to change Roe versus Wade, right? I I, I want I, I would love to create more awareness on the on on the potential of more adoptions. Before I let you go, I got to ask you about one other thing that happened at your announcement news conference this week when you were asked about the 2020 election and whether, in fact, Joe Biden did legitimately win that. It is a bone of contention with some people. Uh, and, and tell me if I'm not quoting you accurately, but you said you, quote, have no clue uh, whether or not Biden actually won. Is that accurate? And what what leaves you with any doubts about the outcome of the 2020 election? Yeah, what, what, what I'm, what I'm going to say is this, uh, you know, there's, in my opinion, uh, we need to make you know, it, it really easy to vote, for everybody to vote. We need to make it really hard for people to cheat, okay? Simple as that. We can't think that it's okay to let one vote go. That's, a, that's, a, that's, not, that's not a true vote. Or 10 million votes. Do you think it's easy for people to cheat now because there's very little evidence of voter fraud uh, in in election? I'm talking to our local election officials, state election officials, they 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 tell me day in and day out there's very little voter fraud that happens at all. Again, if, if they're right, then it must be again it, it must be easy to vote and hard hard to cheat. I I believe that you know we don't have the perfect system today. It can be improved upon for sure. When you make it easy to vote. And we made it. We made it hard to cheat. And that's and I, and it's as simple as that. But you still aren't certain as to whether or not Joe Biden actually won last November. I, I'm, I'm not one that can that's, that's, that could know that. Even though it was certified by every state and certified by the Congress, you, you you're not sure. You know, look, the election's over, and Joe Biden is the winner, right? I I'm, I'm not I'm not an expert in in, in voter fraud. I'm just telling you, in, in any way I can make it easier to vote and tougher to cheat, harder to cheat, that's my goal. Gary Rabine, Republican candidate for governor. People want to learn more about your candidacy. How do they do so? You can go to my website, just rabineforgovernor.com. R-A-B-I-N-E for governor.com. Gary Rabine, Republican candidate for governor. Listen, thank you so much for your time. Hope we have more chances to talk in the future. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jim.